It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended. After a half century, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title in franchise history. And Tom Brady doesn't pass the torch yet to Mahomes, does he? Dave Roberts. Backward strike three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Welcome to Sportsnet Show on Extended Rail. This is episode 28. We are recording on August 23rd, 2021. And my, I'm Henry Rivera here for uh, Sportsnet. I'm here with Mr. Hodge. Welcome back, Phil. So, hey. uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. Uh, I know we missed last week, that, that, so that added to it. But yeah. um, we're back now. Phil's back, so the crew's back. So uh, let's get the show on the road. Get it. <laughs> uh, how are you guys? How are you guys? By the way, I know it's uh, been a couple. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've done the show, uh, at least for Hodge and me, and then for Phil. But uh, how are you guys? By the way, oh, I've been good. Um, I'm staying out of trouble. Um, I haven't walked across any crates yet, and um, okay. I've been okay. staying. I've been staying out of trouble. I haven't fought nobody in football stadiums, so life is good. Oh, you gotta catch up. You gotta catch up. Uh, I, know, I, I, need, know. I need to bring it up. I need. I need to bring it up a notch. I, I, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm on vacation still. I got. We still got fall, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, okay. I wait. I wait till the football season kicks in, uh, okay. so you could start doing all that. All right. <laughs> I want to hear more about your your fights. You know, by that time. Got it. How about you, Phil? How you been? I've been all right. Trying to, yeah. excuse me. Mm-hmm. Been working a lot and trying to take many vacations here and there. All right. So it's been pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. All right. Well, then uh, let's just get straight to uh, the birthdays. Yeah. The birthday boys. Yep, yep. All right. All right. All right. Let's celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have officially entered Virgo season. Okay. Yeah, they're okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we want to celebrate and happy birthday to the following. Tyler Glass now. Okay. Casey Blake. Former Dodger, okay. Miles McCollis. Okay. Uh, Cortez Kennedy. Okay. Taylor Decker. Uh, Cameron Irving, Mark Ingram Sr., mm. uh, Taysom Hill, mm. Rex Grossman, uh, Darren Collison, um, PJ Washington. Um, I'm praying okay. for you. I'm praying for you, brother. Um, stay strong. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> got, got himself into a fun situation. Um, uh, oh, I got to take a look. I got to take a look at this. Oh, yeah. You're going <laughs> to. You're gonna be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, so yeah, happy birthday to Washington, Jeremy Lin, uh, a Seth Curry, and mm. the one and only Kobe Bean Bryant. Mm, yeah, happy birthday to the late great LA Laker legend, mm-hmm. basketball legend, mm-hmm. legend of sports in general. Yep. Yeah, so uh, yeah, happy birthday to them. It's so weird too. I mean, if you'd have waited one more day to be born, it would have been he would have been born at eight twenty four, which is Kobe, which uh, 
I mean, he could have also chosen to wear. Well, he wouldn't have worn twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so uh, with those, uh, we also have a, an obituary, I guess. Um, we oh, have, yes. a, unfortunately, to say a passing. Uh, former Titans GF Floyd Reese dies at the age of seventy three. Mm-hmm. So uh, condolences to his family. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that'll be it for our opening uh, intro, real quick. And uh, we'll be right back. Of course, we had our the return of UFC fight night. We have another UFC uh, fight night coming up. Uh, of course, uh, we're we're getting we're probably like a, a over a little bit over a month away from uh, baseball playoffs. Uh, so all the teams are we're looking at the contenders even more now than ever. We got some NFL preseason action. And we got a little bit of NBA to talk about. Uh, these uh, we, they release their schedule. We'll talk a little bit more about it. So we'll be right back. UFC Fight Night uh, happened um, at the UFC Apex. Jared Cotonier versus Kevin Gastelum, middleweight bout. Uh, both of them are top 10 ranked. I believe uh, Cotonier was at number three, and Gastelum was at, uh, I believe, the, uh, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in this case, in this fight, we had uh, Jared Cotonier defeated Kevin Gastelum in decision, five rounds. I believe this was a unanimous decision. Yeah. Uh, win for Conanier, which is a big win for him. He was already ranked at number three. And uh, he just came off a loss to uh, Whitaker, and, uh, which Whitaker is the current number one contender is going to face uh, Adesanya for the belt. Uh, but uh, Conanier uh, and then uh, Gaston also recently lost to uh, Whitaker. And uh, I guess this was uh, for the next number one contender, I guess, this was for that. And Conor came up on top. They, they kept that number three spot. And this looks like, man, I mean, you look at these two fighters, I mean, both of them, they they look different. But, I mean, obviously Conor is like, man, you that's a scary dude right there. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Klaus to Gesselum, he went, he went all at it. I mean, he fought back. He wasn't intimidated. He went off after it the whole fight, uh, landing a little bit more significant strikes uh, for uh, to Conor but uh, Conor scored a couple knockdowns, had big more total strikes. Uh, Gastelum went 0 and 8 in takedown attempts. So uh, all in all, look at the whole fight, the five round five round fight. Conor took this uh, easily. What do you guys think about this fight? Well, prior to the fight, I guess Conor uh, had the motivation because prior to the fight, he did make a comment saying that. He needs to fight against Gasolum because he's broke. Yeah. So, yeah. and it kind of got misconstrued. He did say that he does get paid, I guess, decently, but mm-hmm. broke because he doesn't get paid as good as the top contenders. So he yeah. was just like, "Give me this fight. Let me fight a top contender like a Kevin Gasolum." He beat him. So I guess uh-huh. now he. And he won pretty good. I watched just the only fought fight I saw on the card because that worked. And mm-hmm. he obviously is like, does this prove that I am a top fighter now? Does this prove that if I get the title shot or if I win the title next, you guys have to pay me now because you can see it, I can keep up with everybody else. And I right. really do hope he does put on a good show and BOC at least bumps up his checks because. I thought it was good. I enjoyed the fight. 
Right, right. How about you, Hodge? Um, I enjoyed this fight. Um, it it was practically close. Um, up until the third round. Um, even even um when it did start separating, it was still pretty close. Um, I, um, Cannonier um landed some great strikes. Um, Kevin Gaston got right back up and said, "I want some more." So um, mm-hmm. I, I thought both guys did good, but um, obviously, Cannonier um is the rightful winner of this fight and it was, it was a good fight yeah yeah you're right I guess did look pretty good in his in like probably like the first two rounds I think and then after that I guess it just kind of near took over from that yeah uh, it was that knockdown that like that that like changed the direction of the fight yeah exactly yeah so overall good fight we'll see what uh that uh well I think they even asked him you know what what is kind of your uh plans that's when he said uh like Phil mentioned that he's broke so he wants to fight more but um because they asked him you know are you are you do you want to wait up for what happens with Whitaker and Adesanya or you want to fight whatever name next and then I guess he just said you know the right name the right name will will change my mind so meaning like I guess give him a good name and he'll most likely uh fight even if it's not Adesanya or uh whoever the champion may be at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see what that, um, and another fight, uh, the co-main event went to uh, lightweights with the veteran and the hall of famer, Clay Guida versus Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen undefeated and re- will remain undefeated after this in the split, split decision victory over the legend Clay Guida. This was, was a, I mean, any Clay fight is good. It's a good fight, man. That, that guy just like, he loves to fight. He loves to throw down and, uh, and uh, well, he also likes to wrestle, but we didn't see any wrestling, I believe, in this this whole fight. There was uh, only one takedown attempt the whole fight by Madsen, which was unsuccessful. But striking, I mean, uh, Madsen went 101, 101 total strikes to uh, Clay Guida's 72 total strikes and 98 significant over 72 significant strikes. So, uh, so it looks like all, all Clay Guida did was like all his strikes were pretty significant. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, every time he fights, he literally throws crazy punches. Like, relax. Yeah, only to be throwing all these haymakers for no reason. Not trying to say yeah. that is bad because it's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's fun to watch. Unfortunately, this time he uh he got a uh, he got lost again. We we are expecting a lot more. Uh, well, we were hoping you know we'll see some wrestling in there, but like I said, you know, I think Mark Madsen is Olympic uh, medalist in wrestling. I believe. So I think that's why a lot of people were hoping for some wrestling, but we didn't see any of that this time. And uh, the fight went to uh, Mark Madsen. I'm just surprised that Clay Guida is still fighting. He's been fighting yeah. Forever. I mean, yeah, he's not, been not only is she still fighting, he, he has some high tempo in that fight. Like, yeah. He was going nonstop. I was like, man, I started thinking about, um, I started thinking about what's that movie? Um, um, at Telic Dega Nights when um mm. he was hyping up Ricky Bobby, he's like he beat you like a oh, spider yeah. monkey. That's what he reminded yeah. me of. Just like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's fought everybody in that uh in the UFC. Everybody uh there's a big whole bunch of big names there, including uh BJ Penn, Charles Oliveira, Brian Ortega, you know, guys like Dennis Bermudez, Chad Mendes, uh Rafael Dos Angels, uh, Nate Diaz. So uh he debuted back in 2006 in UFC, two, in UFC 64. <laughs> Man. So, yeah, it's, it's been a while for uh, Clay. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, some other fights here in this main card. We had heavyweights uh, Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman. They, uh, Parker Porter defeated Chase Sherman in a uh, decision with, uh, I believe it was a unanimous decision on this one. Uh, yes, it was. And uh, we had uh, a catchweight, Saidoku Sa- Kakamaranov, defeating Trevin Jones in a technical submission via guillotine in the third round. Uh, we also had, uh, this one was another one of my favorite fights, uh, lightweight uh, Vince Pichel defeating Austin Hubbard in a, a unanimous decision. But that one was also a crazy fight, just back and forth on that one. Yeah. I, okay, I'll just take people's word for it. He, he's 38. I'll just take people's word for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't need to. I'll take that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then we like had somebody's a fight. uncle already. Okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we had uh, lightweight Alexander Pantoja defeating Brandon Roval in the submission, real naked choke. And uh, right after this one, I mean, he already called out the champ. Uh, Pantoja did. He called out uh, Brandon Moreno, which uh, I guess uh, he should. He does have a victory over Brandon Moreno. I believe unanimous decision victory over Brandon Moreno. Mm. And so uh, you would call out the champ, you know what? And, and I. He's uh he's also been around that division for quite a while already, so uh, yeah I mean uh, I'm not sure exactly where is he ranked. Oh, he's a number three ranked flyweight as a it's been a while, so uh, yeah he should probably be next in line after, um, for Moreno if it's not Figueredo, which I don't think is gonna be a Figueredo fight just yet. Saga's gonna be a good one if if, the, if that does happen. Yeah, there's already some drama there, so. Uh, That'll be fun. I mean, Moreno was on. Moreno was in present in the building. He said, "Let's do this. Let's, come on, let's do this. I'm, I'm ready for this, and we should do this." So, uh, you know, those uh, flyweight guys are, man. They're all, there's something else, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, featherweights. Austin Lingo uh, had a decision victory over Luis Aldana. United's decision. Bantamweights. Brian uh, Kelleher defeated uh, Domingo Pilarte. United's decision. Josiah Nunez defeated Bea Malekia, KO Punch. Light Heywitz William Knight defeated Fabio Sherrard, KO Punch. And uh, probably one of, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen this fight yet, but uh, they said that this, this KO right here, I mean, this kid is going to be made. Ignacio Bajomondes defeated Roosevelt Roberts in a speeding wheel kick in the third round. Mm. So that just sounds, that just sounds nasty already. Mm. Yeah, I remember this guy. I saw him at the at the Dana White's Contender Series, uh, and that was uh, and he did look pretty impressive there. He's a he's a young kid. I think he's like 23 from Chile, and he came over here to Vegas, you know, at that young age to try to be an UFC fighter, and he's finally there. So it looks good for that kid. We're gonna see a lot more of Ignacio Bahamondes. and then uh, welterweights Ramis Brahimaj defeated Sasha. Nikov in the technical submission rear naked choke in the first round. So, um, I mean, we talked about, uh, you know, with Connor here about the money and everything, and apparently uh, there's no fight of the night bonus in this one. Apparently uh, Dana White didn't feel like, oh, you know, there is a fight of the night. So I would give it to that. Pichel, Vince Pichel, and then Austin Hubbard if it's not, if it wasn't the main event, you know? He, he probably trying to keep his pockets heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah winter's yeah. coming, so he, he got a he needs a security stash. Yeah, but he did get a 
performances. I'm sorry. I was gonna say he's just been greedy. Yeah, but he did give somebody something. Yeah, he did give performance of the night. Uh, you know, uh, bonus money to Alexandre Pantoja, uh, Ignacio mm-hmm. Bahamondes, William Knight, and jo- Josiah Nunez. So he, he gave something around, you know, but just no fight of the night. Not a, nothing good enough for him to say. Oh, that's that's the fight. So, uh, yeah, that'll be it. I mean, overall, it's a pretty decent card. Yeah. Uh, again, if, you, if you're a big uh, out of the veteran Clay Guida, and then uh, middleweights, kind of your guess them as a pretty easy guy to like. Unfortunately, they took the loss. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we we do have another fight card, uh, fight night coming up this Saturday on the August August 28th at the UFC Apex. This time is main evented by featherweights. One of them is a veteran also, Anton Barbosa, taking on one of the quickly popular Giga Chigatse in the five-round bout. Uh, that's going to be a big fight. I mean, Chigatse has been wanting a big name. I believe he's been calling out Barbosa for quite a while. And uh, I guess it's finally going to happen this Saturday. Yeah, I think that's a smart called out because Barbosa is a bigger name in the UFC. And though he has been on a five or a two fight winning streak, he has been two in two of five in his last fights. So it's smart to go against him. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of feel like Barbosa does have the bigger names because he has lost in his recent fights against Justin Gaethje and Paul Felder. And a few fights before that, he did lose against Khabib and Kevin Lee. So it's like, it's not like he's losing to like slouches. It's against the top tier people. And on the other side, not trying to say that the people who um, Giga has been fighting has been slouches. But he has also been five and zero. He's been winning all his fights mm-hmm. or his past best past five fights. And he did beat a legend in Cub Swanson. So he has also been winning decent people. But mm-hmm. I kind of feel like maybe it might be too big of a bike to chew for a opponent like a Barbosa. And it will, it should on paper, it should be fun because they're both kickboxers. So I'm excited see what happens with that mm-hmm. but i will have to go with the legend on this one and say barbosa would be okay the victor okay i don't know why i feel like uh, i mean yeah you, you mentioned like yeah uh, he guys uh, other than Cobb swanson he hasn't really beat anybody big but i mean he's been asking for these kind of fights and i believe mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh he is in the top 10 he is at number 10 ranked featherweight in the division so uh, and i believe he's also been you still have trouble getting some fights. So I don't know. And this one, I, I will go with, uh, I will go with Giga on this one. Which I wouldn't be surprised that he would win, but maybe he's just wishful thinking that I want Barbosa to win. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Hot? Who do you got in this one? All right. So in my non-expertise prediction, um, <laughs> I'm going to have a close fight going down all the way to five rounds to uh, Gika. Okay. All right. That'll be, that'll be fun to watch. It'll be like, if these guys do show all their kickboxing and they do it for five rounds, 
That's gonna be fun to watch. But some other fights, the co-main event, the middleweight. Oh, this I believe this is our what's called. What are they doing with Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, Ultimate Fighter. I believe these are some of the finals. I believe fights that they have these next these co-main events, especially this one. There'll be Brian Battle against Gilbert Orbita and Ricky Turcios against Brady Hayston. So uh, I, I believe these are uh, Ultimate Fighter uh, finals. So that's going to be another really good reason to watch if you're a fan of the show. I haven't kept up with the show, but uh, I'm sure it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, I haven't watched one episode myself. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should, but I mean, I think it's only a fight pass, so I don't have fight pass. So uh, is that on ESPN Plus? Is it? Uh, I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't right. even know. <laughs> But it makes sense if it's only on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah. I know a lot of the other shows, like the Looking for a Fight and Contender Series, is on the ESPN. Is on ESPN? Yeah. yeah I remember oh. watching the uh, I remember watching the Contender Series on Fight Pass. I mean, on, I'm sorry, on on uh, ESPN Plus. Fair enough. Yeah, and I think that's debuting like in a couple weeks or next week or something, or maybe this week. I think, uh, yeah, Contender Series is also debuting yeah. pretty soon for yeah. a new season. Yeah. Um, and some other fights we have, Welterweight, uh, Kevin Lee against Daniel Rodriguez. It'll be another exciting uh, Welterweight fight. Middleweight's Andre Pechowski against Michael Gilmore. We have Middleweight's also Magmat Muradov against uh, Gerard Mercher. And the prelims, we have Alisi the Chirico against Abdul Razak uh, Hassan. We also have middleweights uh, Sam Alvey versus Wellington Thurman. Light heavyweights Dustin Jacoby versus Darren Stewart. Women flyweights JJ Aldridge against Vanessa Demopoulos. The featherweights Jamal Evers versus Pat Sabatini. And bantamweights Mana Martinez against Guido Canetti. So, uh, Another good little fight card. So it looks like a stag fight card, at least uh, if you you just want to watch a whole bunch of fights. That uh, should be a good one for this week. And uh, next week, we're going to have uh, Derek Bronson versus Darren Till, which is going to be a good one. But uh, we'll talk more about that next week. So uh, let's move on with some more stuff right now with some more uh, fight news with Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz to mid an eighth-round boxing match on September 11. Two MMA legends will go at it. Uh, is the co-feature before uh, Oscar De La Hoya faces Vito Belfort in the pay-per-view main event. Thriller co-founder Ryan Kavanaugh told ESPN on Wednesday, the third pay-per-view will take place at Staples Center in Los Angeles and will feature the two other boxing matches, former heavyweight champion David Hay versus Joe Fortier and Andy Vences versus Jono Carroll. So what are your thoughts about this? Uh, I know this is your boy right here, Anderson Silva, yes. going at it against Tito Ortiz. What do you think about this fight? Well, before I put my two cents, uh, Peter Ortiz kind of got upset at Anderson Silva and calling him a punk because mm. Anderson Silva did say there should be a 190 weight limit for the fight. And he just says that he's a little punk for making that fight limit or that counting, which I understand because Ortiz fought with the 205. Uh, like heavyweight division in his whole career, the majority of his career. But that shouldn't really be an excuse 
if you really want to fight, you shouldn't really complain about the weight class, especially if you're the one that kind of pushed for it more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And on my two cents on it is it's kind of dumb because Tito isn't known for his striking. He is known to wrestle. He is a wrestler. He goes, he does kind of close his eyes and throw while aiming, at least in his early or mid career against like Ken Shamrock and whatnot. He doesn't really mm-hmm. throw. He lands it. He wins because he closes his eyes and throws. But mm-hmm. even though he's younger than Anderson Silva, Silva is literally a boxer. He literally just fought a legit boxer like last month and won. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Keel Ortiz was thinking. I don't know mm-hmm. why he's putting stuff out there. I feel like Silva will win in the dominant fashion. It's not going to even be a question. Mm, all right. Yeah, we got to see that. <laughs> no, right? September and- 11th. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hating as well. Kilo is a SoCal guy, so I'm a fan. He get he got me into UFC with the Ken Shamrock series, but no, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Um, so another uh, UFC legend, but this time this guy is not fighting. He's putting his talent in another sport. Ex UFC champion. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov signs for Russian third division side, so which is soccer. The Russian side are FC Legion Dynamo. Uh, of course, Khabib announced his retiring following his submission victory over Gaethje back on the 24th, October 24th. He said he was going to fight anymore, but uh, he said right after that um, he's going to, or at least earlier this year, in January, saying that he has intended to play soccer or football, how it's known in the rest of the world including that he's preparing for his debut in the sport and, quote, is ready to accept offers. For the Legion uh, Dynamo, who play in the third-tier Russian professional football league and are third in the competition this season, announced the signing on Instagram with a photo of Khabib shaking the head of a club official. So uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, uh, you went, you're really changing sports. Like, you really at least uh, physical demands of, this, of a sport, you know, like, you hear one of getting beat up all day, and then the other one is like, well, I don't want to be a soccer hater. You know, there's, there's probably soccer fans here mm-hmm. and those sport better, but uh, that does sound like a very different, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess, sport that he's going to. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> there's a video on YouTube if you want to take time just to watch a video. I'm not sure if it was an actual game or if it was just like a scrimmage. But he actually did look pretty good. He looked like he fit in pretty well. Yeah, it's not like the big leagues of soccer, but he did like he did fit in. Yeah. At the same time, like, would you imagine playing soccer with him? Like, would you want to like actually like play with him? <laughs> like, put him in the face? Nope. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be scary. I'll go. I'll just let him go past me. Like, I don't care. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, not, if, I'm not getting my broken right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, if he dominates soccer, I'm gonna call him Mr. Perfect. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, you, you just, you're just gonna be good at everything, aren't you, Mr. Capib? <laughs> well, it's like it's another example of one go going trying another sport, like uh, we've seen, uh, of course, back in the day, Michael Jordan trying uh, baseball out, yeah. <laughs> baseball. Now we see Khabib. I mean, 
we saw Tim Tebow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we won't talk about that. At least not now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how Khabib's doing. Uh, how he does. All right. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, but as of now, that'll be it for us um, in the UFC. We do have some baseball stuff to talk about, so we'll be right back. So like I mentioned earlier, we are uh, all, probably a little bit over a month uh, before October, meaning October baseball is coming up soon. And again, the division races, and mostly the wild card races. I think the division right now, we're already looking at, uh, you know, who's going away with some of these games. Like uh, we look at the American League East that the Rays are leading by four and a half games. And now the Yankees moved up. They've been hot lately. They've been picking it up. I remember that a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how they're just slowly dying on this division right now, but now they've yeah. picked it up. They're nine and one in their last 10. And they're only four and a half in the, in the AL East. And Boston's the one who's slowly going down. They're six and a half now away from uh, the, uh, the American League East. So uh, that's a that's still gonna have to be uh, looked up on, like between the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. Over the American League Central, the White Sox seem to have full control of it still, with nine and a half games uh, in front of the Indians, which is a second place team. And the American League West, it's also a nice little race going on right there between three teams. The Astros leading it by three and a half against the A's, and then the Mariners are uh, back by six and a half. So uh, that looks like uh, another nice, interesting little race going on. Over the National League, we have uh, in the NLEs, the Braves are leading by five games. This is another one that's interesting. The Mets, I think a, a week, a little bit over a week, were like at first place in this division. And now they're seven games back of the Braves. Yeah. And the Phillies are five games back. Phillies also had a nice little first, uh, uh, they had a nice little lead. But uh, Phillies have been four and six in their last 10. The Mets are two and eight in their last 10. And meanwhile, the Braves are nine and one. So that tells you why they're up all the way on top. That's a good formula for the Braves to have first place there. Over the National League Central, the Brewers have a pretty good commanding lead over that uh, Central by seven and a half games. And over in the NL West, the wild, wild West. I remember also a couple of weeks ago, the Giants were, of course, they were first place and they've been first place for a pretty good part portion of the year. And, uh, you know, we're always thinking about, okay, you know, it's not, it's not going to last, but uh, they, they're fairly up there. Uh, I'm still very skeptical about their season, but um, I am a Dodger fan, so <laughs> I don't know if you want to take my word for it. But, um, you know, and uh, so the Dodgers are now two and a half. They were like about four games back. So over the last week, they've been able to pick up about two games or so a game and a half in that division. And But the Padres, the Padres were just probably like right below us, probably like a game or two. Now they're 13 games behind first place. They're two and eight in their last 10. Mm. And I believe they had just recently lost the second place wild card spot. Mm. And by a game uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. And I don't know. I mean, we remember talking about it from the beginning of the offseason. It's going to be the Dodgers and the Padres this year going back and forth. And it's just not have been that. You know, it's been Giants and Dodgers mostly, which is you want to see because it's the classic rivalry in the National League. But, I mean, the Padres, there's they picked up all these great players. They're the ones talking crap the whole offseason <laughs> about the players that they picked up. And uh, at the end of it, they're now 13 games behind first place. So it looks like easily you could be forgetting about that National League West Championship. 
and they're gonna have to really battle for that uh, second part or second piece of the wild card. So, uh, it, yes. So, is there any benefits of being number one in the division or number one in a yeah in the division? I guess. Yeah, in the division. Well, yeah, you you get to hold. So in this case, uh, baseball, I guess, you know, you have the best record. The seating also works, but like you have, so say the Giants right now, who have the best number one seed in the in the National League, they mm-hmm. won't they will automatically go to the next round. So oh. you have two you have two wild card teams going in it, and so those two wild card teams from any mm-hmm. division, obviously, so uh, they will go at it for a one game playoff game. And obviously, the the highest seed out of those two will host it. You know, as in this case, in season one ten right now, it'll be the Dodgers and the Reds uh, competing for the wild card spot. So that one wild card game, and the Dodgers will host it since they have a better record than the Reds. And then the winner of that will face uh, the other uh, division champion, or, or or the. So you have the first two. Okay. <laughs> So you have the Giants for sure. The Giants for sure. They're gonna not. They don't have to worry about the Dodgers yeah. and the Reds. So they're gonna be up there. And then you have the Brave, the Brewers, and the Braves who are are next in line. So, you know, right now it will be the Brewers have the second best record, and then the Braves have uh, the third. So, you will have the wild card team. The winner between the Dodgers and the Reds will go on to face the number one seed, which is the Giants. And then you'll have the Brewers and the Braves going on, on the other leg of that uh, playoff. So. Your your advantage is you know you won't have to play that wild card game, <laughs> you because know, it's just a one game playoff, um, and it's and it's hard to have advantage like that in compared to you know best of five series or best of seven series. If Vegas gave you money to put on the Dodgers to at least make it deep into the playoffs, would you do it? Easily, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we could talk about right now, like, okay, let's just go at it. You know, why are the Dodgers second place to a team that everybody just thought they were going to be whacked? So, you know, if I had an easy answer, I would say it. <laughs> it honestly, it, it's, it's been, it's, it's been a troublesome. But uh, in the words, in this case, I don't, I, I hate to bring it, but I think Hodge knows where I'm going with this. In the, in the words of Laker fans, you know, injury. <laughs> <laughs> but also in our case, you know, at least this is the whole team and not just one player. But, um, <laughs> you know, so uh, as far as the Giants, the Giants have had the fortune, you know, they have veterans, guys that are, that have just, you know, been picking it up, you know. And um, I, for one, want to say like, okay, well, some of these guys are going to be free, uh, free agents at the end of the year. So maybe they're just playing well, so they get paid at the end of the year. Um, but I hear I hear one of them re-signed. Uh, the shortstop, Brandon Crawford, re-signed for a couple more years for the Giants. So, um, you know, and uh, so there's that. And then they picked up a big uh, slugger during the before the uh, trend deadline. So um, their, their pitching has been pretty good, too. Uh, but you compare them that team to the Dodgers. I mean, they're still like, like I said, the, some of these Dodger players have been in and out of the roster because – you know, some of them were hurt and, and whatnot. And to be that still close to that division, it does say a lot about, okay, well, you know, we're just not – it's not just about one guy in this team. It's not just about two guys in this team. It's obviously about the whole team right now. And uh, so that's why I'm still feeling very good about them coming in, even though, that you know, you look at one wild, uh, one game wild card game, 
playoff game, that does sound kind of intimidating, but I feel like, you know, they, they still have all the tools to win. And now it's just, on paper, like I said, on paper, they, they're, they're good. You know, even though they're not leading the division, they could still, this is going to be a big week, I believe. The Dodgers do have the Padres this week. And uh, I'm not sure who the Giants have, but um, I think it's the Mets or the Braves or something like that. Uh, uh, the Giants have the Mets. So the Mets are trying to pick it up again because they want to get back into this race. So uh, it's going to be a big week. I think by the end of this week, we'll, or by the beginning of the next episode, we'll also have a big uh, have a big update on, on how the division, the, the NLS is going. Because like I said, um, we have the Padres. The Padres are, are slowly falling down, but they always play the Dodgers really hard because, of course, they want to make it into a rivalry. And uh, the Giants had the Mets. So like I said, it'll be interesting. This is going to be a good week of baseball right now that we'll have. In the same way that we have, you know, the, the American League East, which we talked about with the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays, you know, the Rays have the Phillies coming up, the Red Sox have the Twins, and the Yankees have the Braves. The Braves are our number one team. So um, that's going to be – it's going to be a good uh, little week of baseball, if you ask me. So um, – Would yeah. you say it would be a slugger knocker? Knock? Huh? Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go. I'll go with. It. Yeah, that was Watch pretty out. funny. <laughs> Watch out, Tim McCarver. <laughs> Sorry, he's a former broadcaster. Yeah, that, um, I disregard my corny joke. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to disregard it, but uh, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we are. Uh, I know we missed last week, and we. Had, have a couple stories that are a little bit late, uh, but uh, they're still worth mentioning. Uh, we have a MLB pitcher of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, how, what a way to be, start your career. You must think it's easy. This, this Spanish sport's easy. He pitches a no-hitter in his first career big league start. Mm. That, that is, uh, I mean, that's a rarity for veteran pitchers. There's veteran pitchers who have never done it. it it's just a big thing to do, you know, like, for a pitcher and for him to do it right away to get that get it out of the way in his first start that's pretty uh that's pretty amazing and not just that he didn't just do it to like oh some whack team he did it to the Padres the Padres even though they're strong they always had a they do have a pretty good lineup and he blanked out the Padres when Arizona defeated them 7-0 in Phoenix so that's pretty uh, impressive outing right there I'm looking at that big smile on your face right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, kudos to him. It, it, he um, he came in and said, "I'm I'm the big dog. Watch me play." And to to have a no hitter in your very first game is impressive. Um, obviously, it probably won't happen again anytime soon, but still, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is another thing too. Uh, uh, this year we have already. The, uh, I think we had the record. Oh no, it was we had the record. Are we getting up there where there's been so many no hitters this year? Yeah, I remember. I don't know if you guys remember what we talked about earlier in the, in the season, where uh, where uh, umpires were keeping an eye out on pitchers and their in their grips and what they're using, a substance that they're using in their hands. Yeah. And there was a, there's a story where uh, uh, baseball journalist Kevin uh, Ken Rosenthal was talking about before. This was before this this no hitter. He said like, oh, you know, ever since you know we started, they started being looked at more. There haven't been that many no hitters. That was like right before this start and sure mm -hmm. enough he comes this kid comes out there and throws that no hitter so that's pretty uh 
it's uh, I don't know. At the time, it was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just amazing. Yeah. Is, yeah. Did well, people ever consider that? Well, I mean, let's take a look at his next uh, his numbers from his next start. Because usually, because <laughs> usually, uh, you know, uh, on the, by stats wise, you know, we don't we, after. Pitchers throw a no hitter. The next start doesn't have to be a great start, but uh, let me see if I could take a quick look at. So right now, so okay, so he's he's one and one, meaning he lost his last start, and he has, but he still has a two point oh four ERA. He pitched, oh, he pitched against Colorado, giving up nine hits and four and runs. So yeah, that wasn't a good start at all. So which is by what I just said, you know, that they're not really good on their next start. By the way, this is a USC kid. So if you're a USC fan, you should probably root for this guy. Uh, but yeah, congrats to him. And also something that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago that we weren't able to met, uh, talk about was uh, the Field of Dreams game. This is baseball. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, if you, first of all, if you're, if you're a fan of the movie, uh, um, then, you know, you're going to love this. You know, they themed it exactly the way that, you know, uh, the stadium in the field uh, field of dreams looks like and uh, they even had the Yankees and the White Sox having throwback uniforms mm. and uh, it was a big game and, it was, and they even had the drama it had the drama in there, it was a back and forth game ultimately it was won by the White Sox and a walk off home run by Tim Anderson so uh, this was a this was a good game to watch again if you're a big uh, if you're a big uh, you know, field of dreams fan then uh, this was this was nice to watch, and you just look at all the pictures, all the images there that you saw was just like man, it was it was it was a beautiful part, you know. Yeah. No question by me, but what is yeah. the what is the significance of that? What well, I don't know what that is. Uh, Field of Dreams is a movie of the eighties, uh, the baseball movie where about a, a guy who owned a, I believe a corn field. And he built a little little baseball stadium in it. And I guess all um, what happened was, uh, I guess, ghost baseball or oh, legendary baseball players were coming in and playing baseball in that little field. And to him, obviously, he's a big baseball fan. And to him, watching these players, these guys play baseball and just just talk baseball, you know, just – you know, just joke around with your team or whatever, you know, it was just, uh, it was just like the little, uh, it was just a little, uh, a fun little thing they did to pay respects to the movie and to ultimately just pay respects to the game. Okay. Yeah, it's a famous line saying, uh, if you build it, they will come. So that's just a little famous tagline from the movie. Um, but yeah, that's basically what it was. It was just, and it was a regular season game. So it, I mean, it sounds like an exhibition game, but it was a regular season game. It was scheduled to be again last year, but uh, of course, the COVID nineteen pandemic didn't allow it to. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was just one of those throwbacks, you know, like in respect to the game kind of thing. And uh, just for just like a gift to baseball fans. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, something, no, something that's not a much uh oh it's a gift the kids are giving right now the trevor bauer situation we do have a little bit uh more uh stuff that's going on with this uh trevor bauer did have a huge and long uh 
statement about what's going on. Of course, Trevor Bauer is the guy who was a Dodger pitcher who uh, was uh, accused of uh, abusing uh, particular uh, some woman, um, beating her up and everything. And he's the one who's like, well, you sent me text messages that you liked it hard and all this stuff and all this crazy stuff. So, well, why are you complaining? And uh, she's like, no, no, you beat the crap out of me. And she showed images and everything. And you look at those pictures and like, damn, that that really was that really was nasty beat up. And so he, the Dodgers, or Major League Baseball, already like made sure he's not playing. And the Dodgers are slowly but surely, you know, trying to separate themselves from him because um, it looks like they're also right away, of course, and believing the woman. And uh, so I believe uh, recently there was already a, a little court case where she wanted. To, it was just to extend her, um, how you call it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, restraining order to him, and they denied that. So, meaning, um, but there's also stories about, uh, you know, uh, a second woman who apparently was also, you know, uh, you know, abused by this, by Trevor Bauer in the state of Ohio, which is where he was before this year. So, I mean, this is, he has a whole long statement about it. And um, I don't want to read everything. I don't want to bore everybody and read everything. But uh, he has it on his Twitter account and everything. The one thing he, on top of that, that he put is, while I have allowed my representatives to speak on my behalf over the last six weeks, I can no longer be silent. I will, be, I will speak very candidly about the current petition when appropriate, but I need to address the allegations made today in the Washington Post. So, I mean, it's, it's still an ongoing situation. It's still not looking really good, even though, the, the girls' uh, restraining order didn't get uh, approved just yet. Um, so, uh, but it's still not looking good for him. And it looks like uh, we're, it's just a matter of time before the Dodgers are going to officially release him of that contract. What a shame. So, yeah. And he was a good talent. But, um, you know, the good thing is we picked up someone someone better <laughs> in the trade deadline. That's the only silver lining. <laughs> Can't be doing that stuff, man. No matter how rich or famous you are, if it is true, hopefully it isn't for his case. But mm. if you're gonna be doing that stuff, don't, don't, don't do it too hard. Don't do it too. Hard. <laughs> you know, at least, at least what he's doing. I mean, at least he has like you know text messages that it could that might save him. You know, a little bit. Yeah. You know, like oh yeah, she did say she wanted me to slap her and. Oh, this, but I mean, I don't think she said anywhere that to give her a black eye or something like that, you know. <laughs> I don't know about all that. It's like, I feel like, this, I feel like, yeah, that's like, he just took it too far. It's like, oh, you you don't want to slap, you want to punch in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but, what? Uh, no, sorry, no, no laughing at that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, we're not laughing at that situation because abuse isn't a laughing matter, but it's just that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's still more. There's still more uh, uh, questions that need to be answered about the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll try to keep posted on that. But um, we we were talking about how sour is going for the Padres recently, how bad it's going, and it looks like it's just there's tension now when you know in the office or the coaching. Um, since uh, the Padres have dismissed the pitching coach Larry Rothschild on Monday. I mean, rotation concerns that have plagued the team during its second half of free fall. 
which I don't know if it's all the way him. I mean, like he, they had a lot of their pitchers are were hurt too. They're saying uh, bullpen coach Ben Fritz was named the team's interim pitching coach. Larry has been a tremendous asset to our organization over the last two seasons, and we appreciate the experience, hard work, and dedication that we keep brought to the position. We wish him nothing but the best in the future. The decision to relieve Ross Terrell of his duties came on the heels of a two-night stretch that dropped the Padres behind the Reds in the race for the second NL wildcard spot. The Friars posted a 6.20 ERA in that span and owned MLB's 10th highest ERA, 4.83 since the All-Star break. Yeah, that's... That's not good for, for a team that was supposed to be that kind of talented. So, I mean, they're saying, I mean, this is the first step, and maybe if, who knows what's going to happen to the – if they don't make the playoffs, you can see a lot of those coaches and that manager, like, just this bad and everything. There's going to be a, a big-time tension there over there in San Diego if they don't make the – at least they get that second wild-card position. Yeah. Um, to me, I, I understand the Padres are – haven't had a good stretch lately, but um, but you consider okay, yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're missing the wild card spot and they have a lot to catch up on. But I still feel like there was a bit of a panic move um, this sudden. I don't think he should have been let go because of a bad little stretch. Uh, granted, mm-hmm. it's like close to the um, <laughs> it's close to playoff time, but um, yeah, I still think there was a panic move like. At the very least, they could have waited till the end of the season. At the very least, but I would, yeah. have, I would have kept them for like another season. Yeah, I don't know so much that their their new interim pitching coach is gonna make it any team any better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I yeah, I don't know how that's how that's gonna help out entirely. I guess it's just gonna be one of those things we'll have to see. Yeah, but like I said, you know, it's not looking good. And if uh, if like Phil said, if if Vegas gave me money to put money on it, like. They're not going to make the playoffs at all. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, But um, I mean, I, because again, I still feel, well, then again, you know, I still feel like the Giants are going to fall, which is bound to fall. (laughs) I mean, we still, we still have a little bit over a month. So they still have time. We're only two games behind. And um, in the second wild card spot is what must be like, uh, oh, shoot, I haven't even seen, but I mean, I don't, I still see them winning the division. I know, I know. It's like I've been saying that for a while, and it's yeah. still up there, but I just don't see it. But yeah. um, we'll see. yeah, we'll see how that's gonna go. Yeah, we got one more month, so we'll see. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, we'll be right back with some NFL. Uh, speaking of one more month, uh, I believe we have a couple more weeks before the NFL season. Yes, we do. All right, we'll be right back. So we had a full slate of preseason games in week of week three or four. For the NFL uh, preseason, and uh, let's take a look at some quick scores. It all begin on Thursday with the Patriots being uh, crap out of the Eagles, thirty-five to zero uh, on Thursday. And then it was uh, Washington defeating the Bengals, seventeen to thirteen. Chiefs on top of the Cardinals, seventeen to ten. The Bills on top of the Bears, forty-one to fifteen. The Jets on top of the Packers, twenty-three to fourteen. Dolphins defeating the Falcons, thirty-seven to seventeen. Ravens defeat the Panthers 20 to 3. Steelers on top of the Lions 26 to 20. The, the Titans defeating the Buccaneers 34 to 3. Texans defeat the Cowboys 20 to 14. Colts on top of the Vikings 12 to 10. Raiders on top of the Rams uh, 17 to 16. Broncos defeat the Seahawks 30 to 3. Browns defeat the Giants 17 to 13. 49ers defeating the Chargers 15 to 10. And we have a game currently going on. Again, we're recording on the uh, August 23rd, 
We're at about 647. Right now we're in halftime with the Saints on top of the Jaguars, 17-3. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, do we have any? Yeah, we do have a Trevor Lawrence signing. It's, uh, four, he's 14-23 and 23 so far with 113 yards. That's it. And as far as the Saints, we have Jameis Winston at 123 yards with two touchdowns. Oh, wow. So Winston, uh, of course, he's everybody's saying that he's going to be starter mm-hmm. quarterback of the Saints. So, uh, any takeaways from these games so far, Hodge? Um, funny enough, like I watched Week One, um, not all of it, but like some of it. But like Week Two, I kind of slacked off a little bit. God forgive me, it's preseason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I've been, I won't say impressed with the rookie quarterbacks, but um. Right now, they're playing up to par to where they should be at right now. Um, yeah, I like how Justin Fields struggled a little bit in his first game. Then um, he eventually uh, caught steam and, and started bouncing back before he got pulled off the game. Um, mm-hmm. um, Mac Jones, he's doing decent. Not not like amazing as people would like to – as people would want to believe. He's doing pretty decent. Um, yeah, he's playing like a rookie supposed to. Um I didn't see enough of Zach Wilson. I probably need to start looking at that. But um, but yeah, um, Trevor Lawrence, um, um, based on the stats, he seemed like he's doing okay. He's, he's playing like a rookie. Like third, um, uh, so far third, fourteen out of twenty-three, not too bad. Um, but no, no touchdowns so far. So um, so yeah, that everybody's um getting accustomed to um their new team. So so that's pretty much my takeaway. Okay. All right. Well, I have to go there. You know, of course, the Rams. Uh, of course, their their uh, <laughs> their performance with some of their kids. Uh, they've been playing a uh, Bryce Perkins, uh, who went twenty six to thirty nine with twenty eight yards and two touchdowns and an interception. Um, and then we have some rushing. Of course, the, the rushing is part is going to be questionable throughout the whole, uh, at least the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. uh, for the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. And we had some guys. We had a couple guys rush. Uh, we had Jake Funk. We had uh, Xavier Jones, Raymond Calias. And um, so uh, that's what we have. But what do you who do you see right now in the in the rushing, and what do you see about Bryce Perkins? Um, as far as the rushing issue, I I, I hate to say it, but um, uh, Raymond Calais, um, he's injured, and I actually think the Rams cut him today, so oh okay, so we, we won't be seeing him. Um, so that that's very unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. as far as um rushing, um, I, I think um the guys we have right now are pretty decent. Um. Daryl Henderson is clearly going to be the guy um, uh, to uh, um, be the starter. So hopefully he, um, hopefully he he lasts. Um, but um, and I know we're looking at third or uh, second third streaker, but I've been really impressed with Bryson uh, Perkins. I'm okay. really impressed with him. He has a lot of grit. He's scrambling. He sees the field. Uh, he he's make, making some key throws. Um, he he's he he did underthrow a, a few uh, of his guys, but I'm liking him. I, I know McVay traditionally only keeps two quarterbacks in his official roster, but I, I would yeah. love for him to just like keep him for the third. Like you don't need to have to play him. Just just like keep him stashed yeah. up, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we still got one more week of uh, preseason football, mm-hmm. so we still have, we still I don't have all the full decisions yet as far as uh, co- what coaches are doing. But uh, we do have an update. Uh, we've been promising an update of uh, situation, the ugly situation in football right now that's been going on. It was pretty much dominate the whole offseason. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, 
course, uh, Texans quarterback uh, Deshaun Watson situation. Attorney and attorney for the 22 women who have filed the lawsuits against Houston Texans quarterback uh, said that he has finally talked to the FBI. Says uh, Tony Busby told the Associated Press that the FBI, quote, reached out to me and I responded. The FBI's involvement was first reported Tuesday by League of Justice, a website that reports some sports in the law. The revelations of Busby of the year of the FBI's involvement prompted Watson's lead attorney to hold a news conference on Wednesday to say that the FBI had spoken with the quarterback earlier this year about allegations of extortion by one of his accusers. In their losses, the 22 women accused Watson of exposing himself. Of course, we are touching them with his penis or kissing them against their will during massage appointments. This is lawyers have said, quote, some sexual, uh, Watson and his lawyers have denied the accusations. He said, his lawyers have said, quote, some sexual activity uh, happened during some of the appointments, but that he never coerced anyone. So uh, that's right now the situation that gives the things that they've been talking to the FBI. That's the main point of it right now to uh, help, you know, expedite this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I, I feel like these next, actually, uh, this next month is going to determine uh, what happens to not, not legally. But what happens to them, plane wise? Because the legal mm -hmm. process is going to take a while, so um, we're going to see if things move forward. But that's a huge step to have the FBI involved in this um, serious situation. So we'll see what yeah. happens. So the NFL can say, can tell the court, uh, Texans uh, don't play Watson, right? Or kind of like kind of like what what Major League Baseball did with uh, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, you know, they, um, they said like he can't play, he's suspended because until we get some more words about this, this is the same thing the NFL could do to Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah, correct. Um, so the NFL isn't going to make a move yet, but if they feel like they see something, uh, if the investigator sees something that that could like that where he could be charged, um, Roger Cadell could put him on the commissioner's exempt list. So, um, mm. so he'll be he'll be pretty much won't be in action, but he'll um, get paid for. Um, pretty much take a paid leave of absence until further notice. And um, if it gets really bad, then things are going to go left. He may uh, be done with the NFL or Texas may decide to cut him. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, still a lot of questions there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something that's not a question is uh, 10 people's time as a NFL tight end. Apparently yeah. it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, he just got cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars, ending his attempt to come back as a tight end. Did he play so, that bad? Uh, Did he play that bad? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think he played bad, but he definitely didn't play good. I, I'll, I'll say on a scale of one to ten, I'll say uh, five, six ish. <laughs> Six and a half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so not good enough to give him a second chance. Uh, no, very not. <laughs> uh, I felt probably a little premature that um they cut him. Maybe he wouldn't do him. I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It looks like they didn't really didn't just say anything other than oh we had cut people. Yeah. <laughs> And Tebow says, thank you for the highs and even the lows, the opportunities and the setbacks. Tebow wrote, I never wanted to make decisions out of fear or failure, and I'm grateful for the chance to have pursued the dream. 
Thank you to the Jaguars organization and everyone who has supported me in the journey. And we know that God works all things together for good. Romans 8, 28. So, um, yeah, well, fortunately for him, it's not going to happen. So that, that's all there is in this story. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what he's going to try next. He's going to try soccer too and go with Habib. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, you, you think he gets another chance or do you think this is it? He is getting I think it's it. Yeah. Good thing is it. Is it? Yeah. I mean, hey, he tried. Yeah. I, I wish I was yeah. there. What was the reason he stopped playing the first time around again? Uh, he he wasn't getting signed by any NFL teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. wasn't getting a – well, I mean, he had a uh, not-so-good time with the, the Eagles. Yeah. I think last – I think he even tried the Patriots, I believe, didn't he? Or Yeah, he did. Yeah, well, he wasn't going to take Tom Brady's job at all, but still, yeah. I mean <laughs> – not even as a backup, I guess, was enough. And, uh, you know, Belichick knows his quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I'm, I mean, I wish I was in his position. At least he gets to try to be in NFL or sports. And then, hey, not, it's not just that. It shows a lot, you know, like, like you just said, you know, don't make a decision out of fear, you know, like a fear of failure or whatever. You know, you attempted it, you tried it, it's something that you wanted to do. And, you know, you, yeah, you might have failed, but I mean, that, that shouldn't have, you know, shied you away from it because you know what if he didn't fail and then he would achieve something everybody will be talking about how great Tebow was you know how great of a story he he had yeah so yeah uh <laughs> speaking of Belichick knowing his quarterbacks um well I don't know I don't know much about the story this kind of like went through it real quick but uh let's just go through it real quick right now Patriots quarterback Cam Newton will remain away from the team until Thursday due to a quote misunderstanding on COVID-19 Test quote conducted away from NFL facilities. The club announced Monday, Newton's absence come after he traveled to the Patriots' approval medical appointment that required him to leave the New England region, according to the team statement. He received daily COVID tests, which were all negative, due to a misunderstanding about tests conducted away from NFL facilities. And as required by the NFL NFLPA protocols, Cam will be subject to the five-day entry cadence process before returning to the facilities. According to the NFL NFLPA protocols, Tier One and Tier Two individuals, including all players, are exempt from daily testing and allowing and allowed to travel if they have received the COVID-19 vaccine. Newton will continue participating virtually in team uh, activities, but uh, will miss practices Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The Wednesday practice is the first of the two with the New York Giants and Foxborough. So, uh, how do you know a little bit more about? I mean, I, I know I just read it, and I'm, I'm kind of getting a little bit, but uh, still kind of. Huh? Yeah, th this story actually confused me as well. I mm -hmm. um, so. Pretty much, it, it's one of those weird little like punishments. Um, he he took his COVID nineteen test um, by by um, NFL protocols and they came out negative. But for some reason, they had an issue with him taking it away from the facility, even though the team said you could. Uh, we're going to direct you to this particular facility so you could take your test. Hmm. It was kind of weird. It was like okay. You know, yeah, so, still kind of weird. <laughs> it is, but um, but hey, rules are rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Cam will be practicing with the team this week. So, uh, I mean, um, um, he won't be there in person. He'll be there. He'll, he'll be there virtually. And um, I I, I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback in the next preseason game or what. But um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that's weird. All right. Well, we'll see what that. But yeah, it's overall weird. <laughs> uh, 
Larry Fitzgerald, uh, one of one of my favorite receivers of all time, uh, on his NFL future says, I just don't have the urge to play right now. Fitzgerald will be suiting up for the Cardinals for the start of the season, but the future Hall of Famer wide receiver stopped just short Friday of announcing his retirement. Going Jim Gray, uh, for the latest episode, Let's Go, which appears which on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Fitzgerald was asked if he plans to be on the, fe- be on the field this season or become a full-time radio broadcaster. Oh, for now, I'll be a radio broadcaster, Fitzgerald replied. Jim, to be honest with you, I just don't have the urge to play right now. I don't know how I feel in September, October, November moving forward, but I just today I just don't have the urge. And I think I have to be respectful of that. Football is not one of those things you want to walk out there and play and not be fully engaged and ready to prepare and do the things necessary that you need to do. So uh, even, even as he left the door open for the late season, return is the closest to the soon-to-be 38-year-old. Fitzgerald has come to a full-blown retirement announcement. Yeah, that sounds like a retirement announcement. Yeah. He's obviously yeah. not committed to it, but uh, you know it's hard, especially because I mean they might they they could be good this year again, and mm-hmm. you know it's, it, they might be going to the Super Bowl maybe. So not at yeah. our not at our dead body, but um, that's not yeah yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Fitzgerald just sounds like he's done like um that that's that I'm getting no um I don't want to play no more talk so. So Again, it, I'm getting 12 for this year. <laughs> kind of talk. Pretty much. <laughs> so, um, I I guess this particular season, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back. But if this was to occur next season, which I highly doubt at this point, I, I would be like, what? So, mm-hmm. I won't even pass him to return, but he sounds like he's done. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if he is in fact done, he's uh, he did had a quite a Hall of Fame type career, definitely. Uh, especially if you're a Cardinal fan, but uh, most importantly, you're a football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we'll see about that. And then uh, we also have uh, this is another weird story. Well, I guess I, this is the Raiders are just a mess in a way. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like a hater, but I mean. So remember, you know, they we talk about how they hired John Gruden to that big 10-year contract and after 10 years of from coaching or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest moves he did, I think he made that move where he traded Khalil Mack to the Bears. Yeah. For, uh, was it just picks or what was it for? Uh, yeah, I think it was, I don't remember. It was definitely dr- first-round draft picks. I don't remember um, anything yeah. else. But, um, yeah, th- this was like the first move he did. Yeah, and even that was like, what are you doing? That's probably one of the, the Raiders' best player. Yeah. At the time. And they treated him, and uh, they haven't gotten much out of it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. And then, um, so, and now apparently he tried to, early, like earlier this year, try to try to get him back. And the Bears coach is like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have nobody in your team that can make you big. Okay, yeah, here's Khalil Mack. <laughs> well, uh, that took place in 2018, I believe. Um, oh, 2018. Okay. Yeah, when, when you try to trade them back. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 just made me laugh when I saw it. I was like, okay, we gotta like, we gotta at least mention it just because it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's got to be the Raiders. It's got to be the Raiders. The, no, dude. I remember that first game they lost. I forgot who it was. And then John Gruden went on the press conference talking about, yeah, we were missing a we were missing a pressure on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> yeah. So that was um, I don't I don't know. It, it's just funny. Uh, 
everybody thought uh, Gruden was going to be the guy because it's John Gruden, big bad mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jay Gruden. It's Chucky. He's back and um, mm -hmm. former Super Bowl champion. And um, uh, yeah, he sounds a little. This did not make him look good. <laughs> no, no, yeah, and, I, don't, I don't even know why you admit that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and um, you could, I could tell he's starting to feel the pressure. Because um, I don't know if you heard, but um, the Rams and the Raiders had a brawl in training camp um, mm. this week. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, which is common. If they, teams fight all the time in training camp. But, um, but yeah, they, they just kept fighting. They couldn't stop fighting. And that's when John Gruden just said, everybody get back on the bus. <laughs> and uh, and um, he pretty much cussed them out of the way back to the hotel room. <laughs> so, wow. So yeah, he, yeah that's, just, that's not a good look. Yeah. So, but, yeah, this is um, – this is funny. Like it's like when you make a trade, you trade that person. You never look back, no matter how good or bad it is. And mm -hmm. it, it, it's just like he was pulling on his shirt, like, "Hey guys, <laughs> about that trade." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was dumb of me. <laughs> You're like, you want your first round picks back? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, not uh, a good look. Yeah, I, I wish we could talk about it some more. I'd, I'd, I don't know what else to say about it, but it's, it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, I guess that'll be it for right now in football. Again, we'll keep up uh, next week. And uh, like, as we said, a couple weeks shy from the NFL season, mm -hmm. which uh, we're all excited for. Yep. Especially, I mean, for some of these stadiums, like you look at uh, like stadiums like LA and Vegas and everything, you'll, you'll see fans there now. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that, that's going to be exciting to, to watch, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, they, they've been wanting to see it in person for a full year. Now they get a chance to. Um, I, I wish I could join, but I'm not going to do it this year. I did go yeah. I did go this year um, to that free practice. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, um, we'll be right back. I'm going to get ready to finish it off with some short NBA uh, segment, but we'll be right back. So the NBA schedule has been released for the 2021 and 2022 season. Uh, let's talk about some uh, highlighted games. Obviously, you can see your favorite team's uh, schedule up on their uh, website or whatnot. But uh, so I think uh, we will have the – well, the Raptors are going to play the Knicks on the 70th anniversary of the first NBA game ever. But it will be at Stanton for the league's for first Toronto franchise, the Huskies. Hmm. It was the Huskies, one of the 11 original basketball associations of America, BAA franchises who played host to the New York Knickerbockers when the lights came on for the first time. The Knicks are, only, are, the, are one of only three organizations that survived that from the group of 11 uninterrupted through all these years. And the BAA is the official per, uh, precursor, precursor league that observed much of the NBA, NBL, National Basketball League, and uh, rebranded itself to the NBA beginning with the 1949-50 season. So again, that will be uh, will be the Raptors and the Knicks on uh, November first, twenty twenty one. Jeremy said we have the Atlanta Hawks at the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, good one. The Friday, a Friday night at Georgia Tech's uh, Alexander Memorial Coliseum, the LA Lakers spanked the Hawks on thirty four and ninety. They outshot their hoes. But the bigger deal was the victory was LA's thirty third in a row, the final W in a winning streak that still stands as the NBA record. 
Two nights later in Milwaukee, the crew led by Jerry West, Will Chamberlain, and Gail Fridrich, with Pat Riley coming off the bench, saw a streak snap on 20 to 104 to slip to 39 and 4. The Lakers went 2 4 over the two weeks that began on January 9th. Then it was a 28 6 rush to finish the regular season on the way to the 1972 NBA title. And then uh, some December matches we have. Um, Three games in the day, and the days heading towards the NBA's big Christmas schedule featured the only franchises remaining from the inaugural BA season. The three franchises that have played in every NBA season, the Knicks, Boston Celtics, and Golden State Warriors, who began as the Philadelphia Warriors, will face each other in three national televised games during a five-day December stretch. The Warriors, who were headquartered in Philadelphia from 1946 to 62, before moving to San Francisco slash Oakland, will play Knicks in New York on December 14. Three nights later, the Warriors will play Boston. Now, Saturday, the Knicks will take on the Celtics at the uh, TD Garden. I believe we also have some Christmas games. I don't know. We, we just have them. We yeah. don't have them on this list. Yeah, let me um let me pull them up because um, let's see if I can find it. Okay, so there's a classic. Uh, no. Okay, bam, I found them. Yeah, okay. I was trying to find the article, but um, they didn't show up. Um, so I, I didn't feel like looking for it like super hard. But um, so the Christmas schedule, um, uh, we have the a lot of good rematches. We have a um, rematch of the East quarterfinals. Um, the Hawks are returning to the Knicks. So, um, so the mm. Atlanta Hawks, uh, Trey Young's going to return um, uh, to to um, New York yeah, yeah. To, to embrace um, um, everybody's Raise favorite player in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Then we have um, the Boston Celtics playing at um, uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, the reigning champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is like a good one. Um, Golden State Warriors are going to take on the Phoenix Suns. Mm, the reigning Western champs. All right. Uh, um, the the, the um, next game um, is the battle of the super teams. Um, the L.A. Lakers taking on the Nets in, in, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, the final Christmas game, Utah Jazz taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, yeah, that's going to be exciting for Christmas Day. Yeah. Hopefully, um, okay. Yeah, hopefully yeah. I'm not too busy. I could watch a, a good ch- um, chunk of those. Um, I mean, there's not much to do on Christmas, but um, you know. <laughs> yeah, all day, all day. So yeah. And uh, all right, and a uh, guy we've been uh we've been wondering about throughout the whole offseason how he's how's he doing? Is we finally got some answers as far as Damian Lillard. We're talking about how Portland hasn't done much, uh, so far at least that we know of to help him. Mm-hmm. And we're wondering how happy he's uh, over there right now. According to CJ McCollum, it says that Damian Lillard is all in and wants to win with Blazers next season. So uh, that's good news for Portland fans. Mm-hmm. Um, saying, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but having a close relationship, him, he, and I talk every day or every other day, from sharing memes to sending videos to each other to serious talks about our season, what it takes to win, what it's going to take to win a championship. I have a pretty good sense of where he's at. I, and I think the goal is to win a championship. I think at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We want to put ourselves in the best position to win a championship. But, I mean, he's all in. I think at this stage, I can say that he's all in. He just wants to win at the end of the day. Okay. So, um, well, we'll see how Paul is going to be doing this year. I mean, he said, yeah. I mean, he, that's that's whatever. I'm sure that's what everybody wants. That's what every player wants to win, is just win championships. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I, I think, I think he'll stay. Uh, I feel yeah. like if, if they would have made a move, they would have did it by now. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, okay. And then we also have Hall of Famer Ray Allen. 
or has been hired as a basketball director at Gulliver Prep in Miami and will also serve as the school's boys varsity basketball head coach. So um, that's pretty cool for him. Congrats. Uh, a couple time, multiple time NBA champion, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, two time, two time NBA champ. Yep. Uh, he certainly helped LeBron win one of his championships. Oh, yeah, definitely. We all know that. <laughs> uh, but he's a 10-time All-Star himself. Like we said, two-time NBA champion with the Celtics and the Heat. And he still holds the NBA record for most three-pointers made in his career. So uh, pretty good. I mean, those kids are going to have themselves a pretty good coach. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I wish he could coach me in life. <laughs> <laughs> Make those three-pointers exactly. in life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Every metaphor would be a three-pointer. Yeah, exactly. That was a three-pointer right there, Hodge. Damn. <laughs> All right. With that being said, that's gonna be that's gonna do it for us uh, this week in uh, sports. Next, hope you guys enjoy uh, some more uh, down the stretch of baseball season, some preseason of football, and uh, like we said, you know, football's coming up. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, stay tuned for another fight night this weekend. And uh, we'll be right back next week. Have a good one, guys. Oh, and remember, guys, um, be careful walking across those crates and keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> Do not fight anybody mm-hmm. in, in games because nope. you don't want to be on YouTube. You don't want to get Hodge upset or disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> it's a big deal around these parks. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> All right. See you guys. <laughs>